Hey everybody, this is Glenn and Jessica. You're listening to the Tea Podcast, the show that talks about everyday life, challenges, opportunities, and blessings for people who love some tea. Lawyer, he's he's in the studio with us today. JB, can we get it? Can we get some hand claps? And we also, JB is an immigration attorney, so Margarita, I was just uh, kind of like getting the backdrop on everybody, and he's, he's going to have a, a super dope story for us, and Valeria, she's in the studio, so you can't, yeah, so, so you can't see these two, but um, she is also in the... Um, Community, a community organizer. Yeah, community organizer. And I was just getting the backdrop on her, so she has a pretty cool story. Can you give um, us a little intro? Yeah, so welcome all to the Tea Podcast. We are going to talk about a little bit about um, immigration law, some personal stories if we would like to share out. And then um, we have Margarita, who will be talking about one of her projects as an artist. So if we just go around the room, um, starting with JB, if you can just give us who you are, um, what you do, and kind of what relation you have to our topic today about immigration. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. I've listened to your show a few times, love the vibe, very, very nice. Uh, my name is Gerald Burns, I go by JB. Um, the name of my firm is the Burns Office. We practice 100% immigration law. I've been in downtown Chandler for 21 years. So I feel like Chandler's my, my adopted home. Um, <clears throat> came here from, from Denver and here to stay. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, JB. Go ahead, Valeria. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Valeria Bejar. Uh, I am also, well, lifelong Arizona resident, um, except for the two first years of my life. Uh, I was actually born in Mexico, in Michoacan. And so I've been here since the age of two and also plan to stay, can't go anywhere. Um, and I am a community organizer with a nonprofit 501c3 organization called Corazon Arizona. Currently we are based out of the town of Guadalupe and we do a lot of work um, in the East Valley and other areas here in Arizona. And a fun fact about me, funnily enough, I think most Latinos have like a long name and I don't have a middle name and I've always felt disconnected because of that. <laughs> same, same. Go ahead, Margarita, if you'd like to introduce yourself to our listeners. Okay, yeah, sure. Well, um, I am an immigrant as well. I was born in Mexico and I came to the U.S. Uh, at an early age. I was 10 years old. Um, so I am an immigrant. I am a mother. I'm a, a fronteriza. I see myself as a nepantlera. I'm part of the Latinx community, and um, and I am an artist. Um, I work with social engaged art in communities, which basically means that I make art with groups of people about issues that are important in their community. Um, and let's see, what else can I say? I'm a teacher, uh, faculty at Arizona State University. So I'm really proud to have the opportunity to engage with students in the art school and on the Tempe campus. And uh, I teach in the Fibers program. I teach public art courses, and I do all of these with a focus on 
um, critical social justice. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a good introduction. And hopefully um, we'll have a good conversation. Great. I just want to let you all know that, like, at any time, you know, if we ask questions, feel free to, um, if you feel uncomfortable, just say, you know, pass. <laughs> I don't want to answer No, we, we, <laughs> we, we strike that. We want to know yeah, all the cheese on the tea. Yeah, no, this is, this is really cool. Well, thanks for that. Thanks for that. So, so I think the uh, first question that we're going to ask is, um, you know, and, and I'll probably go off script, so don't, don't worry about that. But what, what makes you guys so passionate about what you do? All of you have like really, really cool backdrops, but uh, what drives you? Well, just hearing those two introductions, uh, that is what we hear every day in my firm, you know, that the immigrant journey. Um, kind of fell into it back in, in law school in the, in the mid 90s. Congress was doing some some crazy things with immigration laws, and it just kind of hit me, of gave me a picture of what the immigrant journey must be like. And my my mother is Mexican. Uh, my grandparents were from Mexico. They migrated up through through Mexico, working on the the railroads, and they ended up in Wichita, Kansas. Go figure. <laughs> but um, that's that's part of my picture. But I wasn't thinking about immigration law in in uh, in law school. But then that hit me and I just, you know, I can't imagine doing anything else, but these, these stories, they're so diverse. Uh, they can be extremely painful. You can only imagine sometimes what some people have gone through, um, the, the distance, the separation from family members. I have, I have kids and I don't like being away from my kids for a day. And I can only imagine what some people have gone through to be separated for 20 years. I haven't seen my mom for, you know, 15 years. Um, you know, that, that, that gets me. And that's, you know, that's part of the, the drive that we have is to be part of doing what we can to rectify that. Um, but I don't know what else I'd be doing if I wasn't doing immigration law. And it's so dope that you're the voice of, of many thousands, you know, and, and, and to have somebody that, that can, you know, speak for them is, is, is critical. I know that I had an opportunity to speak with Margarita over lunch a few months back, and I think that, you know, how you're expressing and getting your message out there is pretty cool as well. Um, yeah, so... JB, thank you for that, but I don't know, Margarita, could you pick up on that and just, you know, let some of our listeners know, you know, what you're doing? Because I got a chance to see it, and I was like, Edith, I need her over here. How do I get her over here? So. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for those nice comments. I, um, so I'm working with communities, and I, um, you know, I see art as a tool for transformation. I mean, it's art reflects what's going on in our environments, but I believe it can be a tool for transformation. I have been working with this idea for many years. Um, so, you know, and art is a human right. Art can save lives. So we know public art or art in the museums, art all over our cities, um, promotes healthy communities um, and they open 
perspectives, you know, create innovative ways of thinking and seeing, and we uplift, you know, civic environments and local economies, but really, truly art. Um, and uh, so, you know, more than a luxury, I think art is a sustenance for many people who encounter it. And I'm really inspired by that. Um, and so I'm interested in, in working uh, with communities to share immigrant histories and immigrant experiences. Um, JB, you said something that was, was kind of, we were talking off air and it kind of made me think about what we were talking about off air. And I don't know if you feel comfortable with sharing your story, what you're going through right now. And as you talk about the pain of seeing some of these things uh, that you've, you've witnessed, I'm, I'm like sitting next to this young lady who has this beautiful smile and is smiling today. And I'm like, how are you doing it? I mean, can you, can you share with our listeners like a little bit about what you're going through? Yeah, of course. So I think the initial question was what drives mm -hmm. us? Um, and to connect that to what JB shared, I think it, it's exactly that. It's the pain, it's the suffering, it's the anger of, you know, recognizing that we live in a certain world, but what can we do to transcend into a different vision of the life that we live? Um, I was sharing that off air that I've witnessed my dad be deported throughout my lifetime five times. And so having that context of what it's like to be separated, having the context of what it's like to having to go to detention centers and mm. doing the visitation process and all of these different processes, right, that, that occur during um, those moments in life, it, it is very difficult. And I don't think that I would be sitting here or even behalf of the person that I am now, even though it's sad to recognize if those things wouldn't have happened to me and if I wouldn't have had those experiences. Um, while painful and while oftentimes traumatizing, um, those are the things that drive me to be able to transcend into a world where other little girls don't have to experience, you know, seeing their dad in mm. shackles and yeah. being transported in an orange suit, where other little girls don't have to experience, you know, not being able to have a dad around to teach them how to ride a bike and all of these things, right? And so that's what drives me. Um, that pain, that trauma, that sadness, it's, it's what continuously makes me want to see a different vision of the world for all of us. Yeah, oh my goodness. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just listening to you. And that's why I'm so glad JB is here because, you know, maybe there's some type of connection because what, what I sense is that all the stuff that you went through, you know, you missed out on a lot and, and you had to grow up quick. What bothers me right now is the demonization of immigrants. You know, we got, we're in this campaign season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, attack ads. Yeah. And if someone was to say, what do you see on television in these ads about immigrants? And it's just usually this really nasty vision. Uh, and that's, well, number one, it's not true. It's, it's, it's not correct. And using immigrants for political gain mm -hmm. is, is, is kind of vile. Yeah. But, um, you know, listening to Valeria, were you a dreamer? Yes, I yeah, am. Yeah, you were a dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> you got that dreamer smile. Yes. You got that dreamer <laughs> smile. Um, 
but there's so many young people like Valeria that, you know, hopefully they, they were able to make it in under the DREAM Act, uh, which, you know, she could probably talk about it even better than I can, but, you know, these, we got to take care of these kids that have been here for a long time, mm -hmm. through no fault yeah. of their own, that were children, babies, and, you know, they're just, they're kind of given this, if they qualify, you know, they're given this little, I don't even know how to say it, like almost like a second class citizen status, you know, not quite a green card, not quite permanent residence. A lot of things have to happen, fall in place to, to be able to make it more permanent. But, um, you know, I'm thankful to see all these dreamer smiles because they, I mean, they've, uh, you know, they lift you. They, they yeah. really lift you and, you know, keep you going with work, with what we do. I want to ask, um, you know, for, for everyone as an open question, um, what's been the most challenging part of, you know, your immigration law and, you know, with Corazon Arizona or personal and then including Margarita, like what has been the hardest or challenge, most challenging part that you guys have to deal, ha had had to deal with? Um, I, I wanted just to mention that I'm, um, my work with immigrant communities um, is important because it allows for creative platforms to present the true stories uh, of of our immigrants in different cities. Like Gerald was saying, you know, there's a negative rhetoric and, and <clears throat> just literally false accusations and stories regarding our immigrants. Did we lose her again? It's technology. You know what, but this is the tea. It's the tea podcast. We don't fake it. We don't joke it. It's, it's real life, real discussions. So until we can get Margarita back online, I'm going to ask this question. I've ran across. Wait, you didn't let them answer the other one. Did, oh, that's right. <laughs> keep, me, keep me on track. Keep me on track. So then we'll just pass that to Valeria. Why don't you finish up on that one? Uh, so I believe the question was, what is the most challenging or what has been the most challenging? Um, I'll answer that question um, in two different ways. One, just as myself um, in my journey, I think the most difficult thing has been to constantly put up a fight and oftentimes be disappointed of mm -hmm. that fight. Mm -hmm. like that. um, that's one of the most challenging things and that goes um, also with my role as a community organizer where um, in Corazon, at Corazon, Arizona, what we strive to do is to create an Arizona specifically here in the state that is filled with abundance and dignity for all, regardless of your background, regardless of your faith, regardless of your walk of life. That's what we strive to create here in Arizona. And so as an organizer continuously being in community and trying to mobilize and educate uh, the immigrant undocumented community. And we put up a fight, right? Like just even recently when uh, the Build Back Better, there was an opportunity for immigration reform. And it was this back and forth, back and forth of it being changed, of it being modified, uh, different numbers, and nothing happened, right? And there was this push, there was this momentum of hope, this beacon of hope of there's going to be change. Mm -hmm. And we all rose to the occasion. <clears throat> we all got up and stood up in many different forms and nothing happened. 
And so I think that's always the most challenging mm-hmm. part when you give it your all to just dignify your life. Mm-hmm. And how even after you give it your all, you know, these systems, it's like, no, like you're still not enough or yeah. your life right. is still not valuable. Mm-hmm. And so right. that's always the, the most difficult part in the role that I play in the community and as well just personally, that's the hardest. Wow. Yeah. Man, there's so much to unpack. My mind is like circling. I got so many questions. I told Jessica before I got on the show, I was like, uh, I'm not the smartest one in the room, so I'm going to be quiet today. But, but let me tell you this. I'm intrigued by this discussion already. Uh, JB, you talked about elections or, or politics. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I wanted to ask the question, you know, and, and how it, it plays into, do you think it really plays into um, voters coming out and when they when they when we put all this money and it's mostly negative into these advertisement and it's negative about immigration immigration you know and and do you really do you think there's a uh, a real data collection that we can say yeah it drives people to the polls and 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 it's negative or or positive I mean I I think it's been it's been that way for 30 years I mean, once they got a hold of the idea that immigration could be a wedge, and we haven't seen it, being able to come together, comprehensive immigration reform, I mean, that's pie in the sky. I mean, I, we talk about it all the time, but having some sort of some sort of legislation that was out there, millions and millions of dollars that would be paid by immigrants, millions. That, Immigration is the one area where immigrants pay their way with their fees. Mm-hmm. There's no other government organization where you have, you know, when you file your tax return, do you pay a filing fee? <laughs> no, yeah. it's free. Right. Immigrants pay for everything that they mm-hmm. file. Everything has a filing fee. Nothing's free. But once they figured out that, and it's, well, especially now, especially now, I mean, I'm just looking at Valeria and it's like, I know that hopeful feeling and you don't have a choice but to be hopeful. But um, boy, when I see those ads, I know that there's someone sitting on the couch going, yeah, that's what's kind of going on at the border. That's what's going to inspire me to, to vote in the, you know, the mindset that I have about all these other things that are really important in our lives. Um, and that, to me, that's, that's kind of sad. Yeah, it is. 2020, I think that it's, yeah. it's, you know, will we ever get back to normal, mm-hmm. some type of normalcy? Because, you know, this whole election uh, was stolen, and, 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 I, and I was thinking about this today, coming over to talk to you guys. I was like, all these negative, all the money that's put into these advertisements, and most of it's negative, and, and when I think about the 2020 election, it was the wall. I mean, you know, and that was, that was you know, the Republican push, and it was the wall, and it, we're gonna build this, and, and to me, that was real negative. And I've spoken to some folks that are from the Hispanic, or what, how do I say this correctly? Is it Hispanic descent or, or Mexican nationality? Or, how do I say it? I want to say it right. She'll, she'll correct you. I mean, it's a tricky uh, phrase where Hispanic comes from like Espanol, right? Okay. Like the Spanish. And so some, in some communities, they don't like to being referred as Hispanic. So okay. then there's like the umbrella term of like Latino or Latinx to okay. respect non-gender forming communities, right? So Latinx, 
Um, but I usually, <coughs> it's whatever you feel more comfortable with. I usually just Latinx. 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 <laughs> I'm going to ask you that, Valeria. So have you ever run across some folks that have come across the border and and they've got their papers and they have this like snobbish attitude towards folks trying to come over to make a better life for themselves. That bothers me. I'm just gonna keep it real on the team. Shut the door behind you. Yeah, like have you, I'm African American. Most of y'all know that follow the show. I'm, I'm black and I feel that we go through the same struggles. And, and to sit here and look at somebody that understands the struggle of their own people, feel that they sh they're wrong for coming over undocumented, bothers the hell out of me. me too. I mean, can we, am I crazy? No, I don't think so, but I also think it's, at least in my experience, it, that's where the conversation of assimilation comes into play. A lot of the time for our communities, it's a life tactic. You have to assimilate in order to survive in these spaces. You have to not speak English. You have to not come off a certain way. I remember having conversations when I was younger with my parents, like don't speak Spanish at school. Like don't tell mm -hmm. anyone yeah. that you weren't born here mm -hmm. because of the dangers that that could bring, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, this was like elementary school. Like what is, what is that gonna do? You know, if right. I speak Spanish or if I say that I'm Mexican, but those are things that one for security and also it's it's like a livelihood you know and so a lot of the times i think that it's the assimilation process yeah. sometimes you just have to assimilate in order to be able to survive and so i also don't really appreciate people that you know have gotten to you know receive their citizenship or residency or whatever and then there is kind of like a disconnect yeah. um even though they know the history they might have personal experience with what the immigrant context looks like, but it's, I understand where it might come from because sometimes that's what happens for us to be able to survive. Yeah. Or we did things the legal way. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I'm thinking about doing the legal way has become yeah. so difficult, almost mm -hmm. impossible for, for most people. Exactly. When, you know, 30 years ago, it was, I wouldn't mm -hmm. say it was manageable, but it was a long wait, but now it's, you can't even think about it. Yeah. yeah. Can't even think about it. Before I opened up group homes and got into, you know, social services and, and, and really just matured, I remember these guys around this table are too young. You probably remember Sheriff <laughs> Joe. Oh. And and, and and I went to Marcos Deniza, right? So I, I had a lot of friends from Guadalupe. Mm -hmm. um, but but Sheriff Joe and maybe I I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I felt that even not even having a, a backdrop of, of what we're talking about today, um, I felt like a lot of my friends and their parents were targeted. Um, and it was a big push. And something in my spirit told me, even at that age when I was in high school, that this isn't right. This isn't right. So, you know, I don't know um, if things have gotten better or worse, but I feel like looking at it now, we've come full circle and, and have we progressed and have we made any progress, JB? So like Sheriff Joe, that was, well, that's kind of when I got here. I got here in 2001, so, mm -hmm. he, you know, they had the Chandler raids that were in, I want to say, 97. That was something I read about in law school. Yeah. 
you know, the, you know, they just pick people up out of their houses and just take them to the border. It's ridiculous. So I've represented people whose children that that happened to their family, their, their mom and dad. Um, talking about assimilation, so I was at a round table with Russell Pierce, who was one of the engineers, well, he was the engineer of 1070 that showed me the papers while. And then Sheriff Joe was there, and we were at uh, Veterans of Foreign Affairs location. So I don't know if anyone's been to one of those. It was like military, you know, doing mm -hmm. things the right way. So there I am in my pink shirt, probably in between these guys. <laughs> and uh, just trying to just make a few points, and you got Sheriff Joe kind of saying all these things, and I really don't even know if he knew what he was talking about. And then Russell Pierce said something that just made me sit up and think, you know, is this the beginning of just pure craziness? When he said, do you know that in X amount of years, looking at all these, uh, uh, there were Caucasian phases there, and he goes, do you know you're going to be the minority in this country? And do you realize what that's going to mean for you? Are you going to let that happen? Mm. And I mean, it took my breath away because it was something way more deep than just, you know, you, you want people to do things the right way. It's like, you don't want them to do anything. Um, it was pretty scary. So that assimilation, you know, when you got good, good people that are trying to do right, things the right way, this is what they're up against is that kind of that crazy mindset. You still see a lot of that right now, unfortunately. Yeah. But Sheriff Joe was, uh, <laughs> he was the czar of, of immigration crazy. Yeah, he was the how do, both how those do, guys are going. Yeah, how do we keep up to date? Like, I know both of you guys may have resources or places. Like, how can we learn more about these people? And I'm going to say these people because that's just what came out of my mouth. But how do we know how these individuals are, you know, pushing towards things? Like, what, what, how should we get educated? Yeah, I mean, that's like a really good question. Um, honestly, obviously, well, biased here, but here at Corazon Arizona, we, that's our mission, right, is to be able to provide education, to provide resources to communities, um, especially when it comes to immigration issues, even the immigrant community itself, oftentimes, whether it's because of a language barrier or whether it is because of an understanding, right, like, I sometimes myself read, you know, some of the news that comes out and it's mm -hmm. like mathematical equations that like NASA would use, like I don't understand. And so it's being able to just have a space mm -hmm. where we can digest these things. Um, so definitely just what, and it doesn't have to be Corazon, I mean, that would be amazing if y'all um, engage with us, but just really go out to the community and just if, you have the resources also being able to share that out with others um like for example we've been door knocking in guadalupe to just get out the vote and making sure that communities know what's on their ballot again we as an organization are nonpartisan, uh but just wanting for the community to know what the re what is on the ballot and you align yourself with your values and in your faith and how you show up at the polls but something that we've encountered some people don't even know that prop 308 is on the ballot yes. and so yes. can you tell us what that is yeah, definitely. Prop 308. So, so prop 308 is a ballot initiative that would allow a ballot proposition that would allow for students that live here in arizona or that have gone to a school for at least two years here in arizona regardless of status to be able to receive in-state tuition 
And so as a DACA recipient myself, yeah, I never went to school uh, or obtained higher education because of that barrier. When I did try to um, pursue higher education and once we got to the financial nitty gritty of things, I couldn't afford it. There was no way that I could have afforded the amount of money that I would have had to put down to go to school. And while now there are more resources, there are a lot of um, grants, there's a lot of things that one can apply to, this would be huge for Arizonans, regardless of immigration status, to be able to just have equal access to higher education. I don't want you to judge me. But but I'm gonna say this. I'm, when it comes to the 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 polls, um, getting out and voting, and what's on the ballot, I'm just an idiot. Like like I'm not red. I'm not blue. I'm not. You know. I think I'm purple. You know. You know. So I'm I'm. You know. I I definitely struggle with what's on the ballot. Like because it's so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And 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 maybe if you know if I'm if it's prop 308 and that's that's my deal. I know that. And then there's a bunch of other boxes to check. How do we how do we get more educated? Because I asked Jessica this a few days ago and she gave me this big old ballot book and I yep, started yep. reading we shared it. it resources. And I, and, 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 yeah. but, but is there a simpler way? And if so, can you share with our listeners? Because I'm I'm such an idiot when I go to the and, and then I'm like voting in people that is so contrary to what I want. Can you help me? Can you help well, me, girl? You, you need the ballot book and you need a really big magnifying glass. Yeah. Yeah. To read the small print. But yeah. I think I don't know. Me, I usually hone in on a couple props. Like 308 mm -hmm. has to win. Yes. Yeah. It has yes. to be passed. If you believe in education as an altruistic idea of people just moving forward with their lives and you know uh, I mean I'm praying for it but that's that goes back to that hope that dreamers have about mm -hmm. you know you don't want sometimes they don't want to get too too gun ho about it but you know I'm hoping I'm hoping so if you're out there please vote yes on prop 308 but most people I know it's it's impossible to know about all of that but, you know unless you have the background I tend to hone in on a couple and yeah. Just pray. Now, this this might sound silly, JB and Valeria, and, and I don't know if Margarita is back listening. with us. But but can somebody help me? What if we don't check? So we we're big on 308, and we we have our initiatives that we want to check off. What happens if we don't check the boxes of the other, you know, 1,700 people that are on the ballot? Like what what happens? Where do those votes go? Is it is it? I mean, does it go one way or the the other? So if you, you don't, don't yes so, no. so so would you would you suggest that if you don't know what you're voting for, maybe maybe don't don't check a box because the impact that it could have on our communities, we're all depending on us making educated votes, right? Margarita, you want that hard question? <laughs> Is she still with us? I don't know if she can. I don't think she can. But but maybe you can unpack that a little bit because I, I'm not going to be an idiot anymore. After having this discussion with you, educated folks, I'm going to dive into the, the the book and and I'm going to know what I'm checking the box for, and I'm not just going to just check because it's, it looks cool to put my little sticker on my shirt and say I voted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's um, it's a very intricate question because then you also talk about there is no recipe, especially when you break th things down into districts. 
there's different things. Not every district is going mm-hmm. to have the, same, the thing. same thing on the ballot. So it really is, I think, a part of the civic duty. I've never voted. I can't vote. I mm. just doing this work know what a ballot looks like, but otherwise I probably wouldn't know. I probably wouldn't know what the handbook looks like. And so I think for those that do have the right to vote, it's it should be a part of the civic duty, right? To be able to gain that knowledge of what what does this all mean? And it takes time. It's not something that I don't think people can just do like in one sitting of like this especially when it comes to like the judges i think that's like the least sexiest (laughs) (laughs) like section and like and it's a lot of research it's a lot of building consciousness about what these issues are but again like tapping into local organizations um it's not just corazon arizona that does this type of work there's plethora of organizations Mm -hmm. that are doing amazing work in the communities um so just tap into you know local organizations um oftentimes there's resources and depending on their capacity again as a nonpartisan we can't say who to vote for who to not vote for but we're totally willing to if there's anyone out there or you yourself um you know to just go over the ballot with you what's what are some of the propositions um what are some of the most important races um and all of those things and just provide the information Mm -hmm. and then y'all can decide yeah. yeah i always yell at my um my fellow people who can vote because they always say like it's just the 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 midterm or you know it's not the presidential i'm like who you elect in office now mm-hmm. will affect the presidential election Absolutely. and then they look at me like what and i'm like yes you know wh- wh- where you send your kids to school at your local district level mm-hmm superintendents the governing board like it affects your everyday today mm-hmm. surroundings but it's not as glossy and shiny as i voted for the president hashtag right, right. right? Yeah. absolutely true can i touch on something that she just yeah. said about like your status and that you can't vote mm-hmm. so you see a lot of negative rhetoric of that and they've even made a movie about it that 2000 mules only seen bits and pieces but there was this this idea that people that are not documented are voting in affecting elections. Yeah. And number one, not true. In 25 years, I've been an immigration attorney. I've never had someone who was not a U.S. citizen that was either had a green card or undocumented say, you know, I really got to get out there and like register to vote. And I'm going to go vote. It, it, it's it's, it's kind of sad and painful because that's just another negative picture mm-hmm. of just something that's just completely false. That's, they can't do it. It's the most under-prosecuted, well, non-prosecuted crime, illegal voting for states and, and the feds. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't happen. Yeah. So, um, you know, we got to pay attention to these, these negative uh, connotations. Yeah. That, that attached to you know the immigrant community. I'm glad you said that. So, do you think, both of you, all three of you, um, what do you think coming up in 2024? Are we going to have? Uh, you think more people are going to go out, or more people are just so discouraged because this election was stolen? Because I have some friends that are still passionate, and they refuse to submit to the current administration because they feel that the election was stolen. Oh, and, right. and I'm just like, you know, I try to stay out of that. But, I mean, so passionate that they're now saying, oh, I'm not even, even going to vote anymore. 
because it's not going to count. Do you think that we're headed down that rabbit hole? Um, I, don't, I won't go as far as I know the question was like the presidential elections, but I think I would like to stay grounded, at least in my answer, with what we have here, because I think it's important um, to share some st statistics with y'all. Um, based on a report from the National Association of Latino Elected and Appointed off Officials, um, we've seen an increase since 2014 of the Latino vote, and this is just the Latino vote. Um, I don't have the statistics for other um, BIPOC communities, but since 2014, 300, 364,000 Latinos voted in the midterm elections. And this year, it is projected that 644,600 Latinos yeah, will come out to vote. That's and awesome. so I think, obviously, from 2014 until now, um, and even with the last presidential elections, we saw people coming out, right? Good. Aligning their values in the way that they wanted to see the world yeah. transcend. Um, I think it's important. It's still very important to go out and vote because that is one of the steps to create long-term change. And so even though the politics can get sticky, I think it's recognizing that it's about the issues that our communities face, not necessarily the politics, but the elections and politics are a step to be able to create those changes. Um, I remember, and I will never forget this, someone once told me if the vote didn't count. Why is there a constant fight to oppress and to create barriers for people not to go out and vote? And we're seeing it now, even you know, with uh, in Mesa, the things that we're seeing at the ballot drop boxes and all of these different things. So the surveillance. Yeah. So right. the voting does mm -hmm. matter and it does count. And I think it's giving back the people, the power to the people. Right. Right. And we're seeing this in the numbers. That's how it's supposed to be set up. Mm -hmm. But have you seen like families torn apart because of politics? I've 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 seen yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some knockout dragouts, and I'm just like whatever the year was, 2016. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that that, that is that's uh, disturbing to me. I, I don't think we should we should go there. But I think it because of the temperature is so high right now that people are you said given that given your how did you say giving them their voices back. The Give power them the power, power. You know, I think people are so passionate now about whether it's uh, the economy or inflation or abortion or same-sex marriage. Like we've got all these things that we're so passionate about that it's it's dividing families. And one of the things I like to tell people is like, um, don't forget that it's just politics. I mean, you know, a lot of stuff you just gotta you know zero in on what you believe and not listen to the other rhetoric. And and I think that. That's probably the simplest way for me to try to stay grounded. It's hard to find that rational middle ground. Yeah. Where things aren't so hot, maybe just simmering, but not so crazy hot. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to find it. Yeah. Before we do um, like a final go around of questions and stuff, is, is there something like pending on your heart where you're like, I got to say this? In regards to, you know, like a, a story of a family that you know of or like your own personal. I think for me, it's just get out to vote. <laughs> um, again, it's very critical, especially with Prop 308, right? Um, and then there's other propositions on there that are also very beneficial to all of our communities. Just remembering that sometimes voting isn't an individual act. It's the act of recognizing community and recognizing 
the solidarity that we should have with one another, um, especially talking from my context of immigration, finding people that can be the voice of my life and of mm -hmm. my dignity and value. And so it's not an individual act. It's about community. So just definitely getting out to vote and creating that awareness around all of our circles. Yeah. Valeria, you're so dope. I love you, girl, already. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, listen. We're gonna, before we pass it to JB, listeners are going to need to know how to get a hold of you. All right? And, and if, if their families are going through something or they need resources, I mean, guys, gals, listeners, this lady is an expert in helping you find the resources that you may need. So she's going to drop... Uh, a line on how to get a hold of her. So can you do that for our listeners? Yeah, definitely. So uh, for uh, Corazon Arizona, you can follow us on any other social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's just at Corazon AZ. Um, and on there, that's the best way to keep track of what we're doing, where we're going, uh, forms that you can volunteer. Uh, again, right now, we're actually canvassing in Guadalupe from here up until the elections every weekend. Every Saturday and Sunday, we're going out and talking to community again to create this awareness. So there's always opportunity. Next week, um, we would also encourage folks to again tap into our social media and we're going to be focusing next week on texting and calling voters. Again, awesome. same, same work around getting out to vote and creating that awareness of what's on the ballot. Um, and then for anyone that would like to contact me uh, individual personally my email is v b as a boy e j a r at corazon no i'm giving you my personal ignore that so don't email me at that one i will not respond um, my work email is valeria which is spelled v-a-l-e-r-i-a at corazon org. All right, there you have it, listeners. We appreciate your Thank your, your you. efforts and, and boots on the ground and knocking on doors and sending texts. You are dope, 27 years old, and I'm so proud to have had you in the studio Thank with us. Thank you. Yeah, dope. JB, hey, we got JB that's going to say a few words and give you his contact information. The first attorney. You're the first attorney on the T. Really? We haven't had. You know, you you were kind of. You're a big deal. You're a big deal. Profile attorney. No, I you walked through the door and I got nervous. JB, yeah, Jessica was saying we always like to give our guests last words. And is there anything pressing that we haven't discussed that you would like to get off your chest? You know, thank you very much for having me. I mean, it's great meeting Margarita and Valeria and you guys. You know, I, I want to echo Prop 308 is so important. Uh, if you find yourself fumbling over that ballot, just find 308 and vote yes. It's so important for you know, advancing our, you know, our kids in the future and advancing our communities and our country. Um, you know, I just want to keep battling. You know, I, I know that things don't look great right now. You can't separate immigration from the politics. It's just, it's not going to happen. But I do have some faith that these things are all cyclical. We can't keep going in this direction with immigration. There has to be something that's going to you know, pull through. And I, I, I think, you know, comprehensive immigration reform, maybe if they scaled it back a little bit, made it less, maybe less comprehensive. But, you know, it, 
the difference that it would make in our, our communities and our country would be amazing. Um, but I, I'm in downtown Chandler. Uh, we've been there for 21 years in the same spot. Uh, 68 West Buffalo Street, Suite 210, Chandler 85225. I'm not on any billboards, not on bus stops, not on any buses. You just gotta, you gotta call me, 480-812-8713. And that's what I love about you, man, already. Uh, I, I referee basketball and, and been in front of millions and millions of people and, and constantly watch folks and you're just so down to earth and, and and have a heart to help so listeners if you need this guy first time i met him but uh, i'm a pretty good judge of character uh, he seems like a legit dude that would work hard for you and your family and last but not least margarita we want to let you know that we appreciate you listening in we would love to have you in studio we know that there's technical technical difficulties going on but you have such a, a, a great story i've seen your artwork we're looking forward to having you do some stuff with our boys uh, so we can't wait until you're here in studio with us uh, and as always how i close the tea out i pass the mic back to our lovely co-host jessica munoz once again, we just want to thank everyone for listening. Get out there and vote. And if you have any questions on how to reach us, all that will be linked in our description box. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one. You guys are awesome. We're